Hey guys, this is the Real Life Monopoly Podcast. This is your co-host, Jeffrey Donis, alongside my partners and brothers, Kenneth and Kerwin Donis. We are real estate investors, and the point of our podcast is to help you reach your financial goals, which will allow you to have time to focus on your true passion so that you can live not only a happier, but more fulfilled life. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, this is Jeffrey Donis, and on today's show, we will be having Adrian Salazar. Adrian is 25 years old and invests in multifamily real estate. He is obviously very young compared to a lot of other people in this space. So we really wanted to touch on his journey and how he got started. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in. We really hope you guys enjoy this as much as we did. Thank you for tuning into the Real Estate Monopoly podcast. This is your co-host, Jeffrey Donis, alongside my partners and brothers, Kerwin and Kenneth Donis. Today on the show, we'll be having Adrian Salazar. Adrian, do you mind introducing yourself to the audience? Sure. Hey guys, again, thanks uh, Donis Brothers for having me on the podcast. Um, my name is Adrian Salazar. I'm a full-time real estate investor. Uh, our primary focus is buying apartment complexes, um, primary, primarily in Texas. We have about 135 units. Now, um, started off in the single, single family space about uh, eight years ago, I would say, when I was 17 in college, full-time student. Uh, went to go learn, you know, some some flipping from some local real t- real estate investors in a, in a club that I met there in San Antonio, Texas, and uh, pretty much worked for free for a good year and a half, two years to, you know, learn the business and to provide value to to somebody that was willing to teach me the business because I didn't have a lot of money to go and pay, you know, coaching programs. So, uh, you know, partnered up with them. We started wholesaling houses, and we eventually started doing about. Uh, you know, six to 10 houses a month and did that for about three years. And then we started taking on a couple of flips in the San Antonio market as well. Wasn't a big fan of it. So I kind of, uh, you know, ventured on my own and um, did a couple more wholesale single family on, on my own. I did about a total of like 65, maybe over the course of my whole real estate career and, and you know, never saw an out in wholesaling. Um, so, you know, me and my current business partner, we, uh, we decided to start marketing to, to apartment complexes and we started picking some up. So, uh, it's been, it's been a pretty fun journey, a lot of ups and downs, but now we're in the apartment space. I love passive income. I love cash flow. I love the benefits of apartment investing, the tax advantages. I mean, everything, uh, you know, has all the, the, the formulas to, to reach success and wealth. Um, in apartments, it's a lot faster. So that's kind of my main focus now. And uh, we're looking at some more 100 units, a 100 unit, a 72 unit, trying to reach a goal of 500 units in this market uh, by the end of the year. That's awesome. And and you touched on something I kind of want to expand on. You mentioned that you uh, were, was it like an internship with that um, real estate investor who was flipping? Was that during college or after you graduated? Or, or During college. During yeah. So I was a sophomore going in to be a junior. Uh, and during that summer, was when I, so I've, I've, you know, backtracked a little, I started in multi-level marketing when I was, I guess, 16, 17. Um, and so I got introduced to all the, you know, mentors and success habits and, you know, all that, all that yada, yada, you know, rah, rah. Uh, so started really conditioning my mind and then that company kind of just went out of business. So I started looking at other options and that's when I, you know, showed up to a real estate investor club, uh, you know, you guys starting off or not starting off, I think you should definitely be involved in these clubs. Um, and that's when, you know, I just started shaking hands and, you know, kissing babies and started figuring out who was willing to, you know, kind of put in some time in me. And, and I wasn't, I didn't have not even, you know, $2,000 for the real estate club, 
you know, certification or license to be able to go be a part of it. So, I mean, you know, my other option was to go work for free for somebody and go provide a bunch of value to them. Uh, and I'll learn the business. So ended up uh, meeting someone over coffee and, um, you know, he gave me a few things to do and I did them all within a couple of days and he saw some hustle and drive and, you know, he was willing to teach me some more. So that's kind of, uh, you know, how I got started in that space. Yeah. Yeah. I actually started out in a similar way. My freshman year, I was cold calling for a flipper in the Chapel Hill area um, and I wasn't getting paid. And some of my peers were like, you're crazy. You know, you're not, you're working for this guy, you're putting an app a lot of hours cold calling and not getting paid. Um, did you get any similar like feedback from any of your peers that were um, maybe, maybe judgmental about you working for free and not really seeing uh, the value you were getting? I, honestly, I didn't care. I didn't, I, I, I didn't really care. Um, you know, I, I started going to these RIAs and I started making millionaire friends and people who are making, you know, $100,000 a year. I was like, dude, I don't care what my freaking broke college friends are saying. Like, I, I'm, I have friends, my friends over here, you know, who are worth, you know, six figures, are telling me otherwise. So, I mean, results, you know, who has the results and who do you listen to? It's very important who you listen to. Um, and so at that point, I didn't care, man. I was so focused. I mean, even even in my fraternity, I was going up in front of them, pitching my multi-level marketing scheme, you know, in front of all 50 of them. So, I, I dude, I, I mean, if you care about what people think, you won't be successful and you won't be, ever be happy. So, uh, you know, that's something that I kind of just like wavered on at an early age and bulletproof mentality of, of, you know, reaching success. And that's why I'm here. And now they're asking me, you know, how to invest in my deals. So, so you mentioned that you obviously started when you were very young and I just, obviously we're, we're very young too. So have, what, what, what kind of challenges have you faced if you have faced any, just because you were young, especially going into multifamily, it tends to be like a dominant, um, it's really dominated of older people. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, that that was definitely a challenge, you know, young, being young in the beginning, just people like, you know, who is this guy? Who am I going to park money with this guy? He's 23. We bought our first apartment. We raised uh, about 180000 for it when I was 23 and I was broke. I didn't have money. And um, so, you know, it, it was it was definitely a challenge. But the thing that helped me a lot uh, to overcome that challenge is that I've been in business for eight years. Like I have not screwed anybody over. I don't care about the money. I care about, you know, the relationship, the impact. And I've been around for a while, you know, and, and in, in a small market in you know Texas, San Antonio. I mean, it's not a small market, but the, the, the people doing deals is a small market um, and small circles. So I was always around. I, you know, people knew I was a man of my word. So when I come up with an apartment building and I start raising money as a 23 year old, they I mean, they're not necessarily investing in the apartment complex, they're investing in me, you know? And so uh, we just sold that complex. Every investor made a great return. But I mean, that was a challenge. Another challenge was, you know, and still is, is just how, how can I be more effective with my time? You know, what are, the, what, what, what are the highest income producing activities, you know, that I need to be doing right now? And that's always a challenge. And I think that will always be a challenge. Um, but, you know, that's kind of, those are a couple things and just being better, you know, growing, how, how can I get better? How can I be better, do better, you know, find a better, you know, partner, find a better deal, find a better system, find a better, you know, I'm always trying to get better. And so I feel, I see those as challenges. Um, but now my, you know, challenges is just goals, right? Number of units, number of doors, number of families I impact, number of investors I impact. And, and that's kind of the new challenges that are coming up. Yeah. I like to say that like age is like a mindset really more than a, it's really just a number 
Um, and I think as, as you kind of just walk into a room and if you've done your homework, you've done your research and you really work hard on something and you're really trying to perfect your craft, people aren't really going to be able to just look at you just because, you know, you look young or something like that. So I definitely uh, agree. Kenny, did you have something to say? Yeah, um, and I definitely agree with that. Like I said, Jeff said, um, you know, going in with confidence. I mean, it, it, what you know and when you study, you become very confident in. So regardless of age, I mean, your knowledge, I feel like, is more important than age because age is really just a number. But um, you did say something that kind of caught my attention was when you said you were wholesaling houses. Um, of course, it seems like you were doing very well, uh, you know, fixing and flipping, wholesaling. But you said that you never saw an out. So what about multifamily caught your attention um, and just made you just make that jump? Sure. So uh, the, the, the repositioning side of apartment complexes where you're drastically incre increasing the value of the property, you know, you can exponentially increase the value of an apartment building compared to a single family space compared to a piece of land. I mean, it's just the, 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 the quickness that you can get to wealth is way faster and uh, not only that, but, uh, you know, it definitely adds to your net worth. Um, number two, it provides cash flow along the way. So, I mean, while you're adding to your net worth, you're making cash flow. Um, and the cool thing about us, too, is we're vertically integrated. So we have property management in-house, asset management in-house, construction management in-house. So we also reap the rewards from that um, along the way to wealth. So, I mean, it's just like, and not only that, I just got a tax uh, K-1 for our 88 unit that we bought. $190,000 loss uh, on year one. So, I mean, the tax advantages are amazing. Um, and I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're impacting on a higher level, you know, it's not just impacting one family in a single family home. It's you're impacting 88 people. You're providing a safer place for 88 people. You're providing, you know, returns on 30 investors. You're providing, you know, it's just a, a safe community and you're, you're improving the city, you know, because you're revitalizing the property and then they can charge more in taxes and then they make more money. So it's just like a whole ecosystem uh, on a higher scale that you can that you can impact, which means that you end up getting more money. Right. I mean, the higher, the more impact you make. And so, I mean, it's just in direct correlation and it's just it's funner. I like it. I like it. And with houses, you can only sell, you know, the house for the most that the house down the street sold for. I mean, you can't really push. You know, if you if you put gold floors, marble floors, you know, gold fixtures, 24 karat gold, no one's going to pay you $400,000 more. But on an apartment building, they're valued upon the the NOI, the net operating income, the amount of money that it produces. It's valued on like a business. And the more, you know, you pour into it, the more it comes out, the more net net proceeds that property produces, the the, the more you get paid. So um, the more the more the property's worth. And I like that idea because with the whole wholesale, I mean, yeah, I was making really good money, but it was just, okay, now I got to go find the next deal. Now I got to go find the next one and the next one. And what if something goes wrong with this one? Then I don't have the next one, then I can't get paid. And here it's cash flow every single month, wherever I'm at in the world. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, and a lot of things that we kind of ran into with work with is that they've never really done multifamily. They're not really familiar with it. And it can kind of push them away from it. What do you say to people that are fearful of something that like like multifamily that can be intimidating sure i mean what what uh when you know because there's a bunch of different types of investors there's a bunch of different types of people that have different goals that have different levels of risks that have different way of doing things um but you know for, for the people sometimes you know the the obstacle you know or the the 
objection is, you know, I don't really know much about it. You know, then I say, well, your goal is not to learn about this. Your goal is to get a check every month. Let me do the work. Let me do, let me, let me put the seven in the morning to two in the morning days to learn this business. And like I'm doing already. So, I mean, of course I'm doing it already. So that, that, that helps, but I never use that because like the, when I started off buying my first apartment building, I didn't have a track record and I wasn't going leveraging other people's track records. I was just so confident and, 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 and that really rubbed off, but you know, their goal as you know, passive investors is to just collect a check every month. They don't want to be getting calls they, you don't want the calls. You don't want the maintenance requests. You don't want the, you know, tenants, toilets, and termites. You want your return, right? And your, and your K1 at the end of the year, that's what you want. But then, you, you know, you have other investors who are a little bit more involved and, and those, I mean, you know, just, just tell them, look, these are the numbers. This is what I feel comfortable at, you know, try to provide some sort of track record, try to provide some sort of, you know, market statistics to be able to prove your point. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you got to really go with the people that believe in you the most in the beginning until you can start picking up some more properties and then having a track record. And, and obviously if the investor really doesn't, isn't that familiar with the space, is there like a way that you would go about informing them about the asset just because you want them to be somewhat informed just to make sure that they're, um, obviously there's accredited and not accredited, but you want to make sure they understand what they're investing in because with any investment there's risk and obviously you don't want anything to come back and bite you. So, um, is there like a way that you guys pretty much make sure that you guys are, are doing Sure. So what, what I've done before, again, all like throughout this whole podcast, I will only share things that I have actually done. And that's the way I am. That's the way I train my you know team. I, I never, you know, say things and just out of my, you know, book or a podcast I heard. No, it's what I've done. And what I've done is used other people's OMs, like the, the owner manuals and, and the sorry, offering memorandums and use those as kind of like a guiding, like, hey, this is more or less like what we try to target, you know, what we try to get. And this is more or less the structure that we're going to structure. And this is more or less the returns. This is more or less the time frame. This is the more or less the type of renovations that we plan on doing, the business plan, the budget, the team, the management, more or less, here's what you can expect to see. And then once it's there, it's like, hey, remember that, uh, that deal, that, 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 that structure? I have it now. You said you were ready, right? Let's do it. And again, you have to keep raising because, you know, I have a lot of people, dude, I have this guy, I have this guy, I have this one guy, dude, I have this one guy who, you know, dude, his brother owns a million dollar, billion dollar trucking company. And he, dude, he will, he's my investor. I promise you that guy's not going to invest in your first two deals. Like, so you got to keep raising, you got to keep raising, you got to keep sharing what people are doing. Good thing. You guys have a podcast. I don't even have a podcast. But I mean, you just have to, you have to keep, you know, raising and have a database and, you know, keep pushing. Um, but that's kind of what I would do is just use other people's OMs um, and just, you know, practice, like practice pitching it. Pretend like it's yours. I've done it too. Like where we, we were going to have our first like investor pitch, like with our like OMs. And so I, I practiced using someone else's just pitching theirs just to myself to be able to have like, you know, a better idea of what I'm going to say and how to, how I sound. 
Like, I'm just getting better by myself, man. Like, I don't need anybody to come and tell me how to do things. I'm just going to figure it out along, along the way. And what's cool about that is that, you know, doing it on your own and learning it on your own, you know, if it, if it fails, you can always get back up because you did it. You've done it. You, you're doing it. You're not, it's not like a, someone came and gave you anything, you know? Completely agree. Um, and Kenny, I'll let you go right ahead. Um, um, so regarding like passive investing, I don't know if I'm sure you guys, um, for an investor who wants to invest passively, but also wants to learn um, and eventually be an active investor on the general partnership side, um, would you recommend them starting out as a passive investor? And if so, why? Yes. So yeah, definitely. Because I mean, if you're trying to be an active investor, I mean, you, you need to, you need to go to a program, you need to find a deal, you need to be calling, you need to be raising, I mean, you need to be sending cards, you need to be being like very, very active. Like, do you, like, do you sure you wanna be active? Like, do you have the time that it takes you wanna be active? No? Okay, but eventually you wanna be active, right? Yes, okay, so invest in my deal, you will get all the monthly reports, or a deal, it doesn't have to be my deal, just invest in a deal, get all the monthly reports, ask questions, drive by the property, you know, see the, see the renovations. I'm sure there's no co-sponsor. I mean, maybe there is, but that I know of that will say no to having an investor come and just do a walkthrough. Like just go, go. And, and that's how you start being an active, right? I mean, then you, you'll feel comfortable and confident on the next deal where you're actually leading the, the GP, right? So, I mean, get all the reports, see the returns, see what they're even doing. How does it work? Or go pay a fifty thousand dollar coaching program with, you know, some of these big apartment guys, and and then go be an active. Otherwise, invest in a deal first, get the returns, trust the team that you're investing. I mean, definitely scope them out. Then then you go and and you slowly start transitioning to being an active. I feel like a lot of a lot of people that look into the family space but aren't really in it don't really understand how much time goes into even underwriting a deal like my brother Kenneth is an underwriter for our team and like he'll spend hours and hours looking at deals that don't work just to come across one deal that possibly will work and will be one that we submit an LOI on. So that's something that you know they don't really get to keep in mind when you're looking to be an active investor. Being a passive investor obviously you have to know some certain things um, which kind of leads me to my second question. Are there certain parts of the deal that you want your passive investors to understand um, in regards to maybe the, the market analysis or the um, asset management, there's different types of um, aspects of that deal that you make sure that they kind of are informed on? Not really. No. I mean, uh, I'm always pushing that, dude, it's going to be a home run. Uh, so, I mean, I don't have really anything. I just, you know, I just ask them, Hey, look, do I have your trust? Like, you know, do you trust me? Do you trust that I will do anything I possibly can do in my human, you know, capacity to reach the goals that I'm telling you I want to reach? in this property. And, and if they say yes, I mean, there's, there's no, really no questions asked further. Let's just, let's go. It, it puts more pressure on me if anything, you know, it's just like, all right, now I got my name. I got, you know, a, a $7 million building. I have, you know, a $4 million debt that I just, I mean, it's just, so it's, it's more on me, but when you're not sold on your own stuff, then those questions get asked, you know, those questions really never around us. So, so it's just because I'm just, I'm so confident and I will do anything I can to make it work, you know? And if not, we're going to figure it out, bro. If I have to call a president, I will call a president, bro. Like, like, dude, I will figure it out, bro. You know? So yeah. that's just kind of how it works. 
to kind of go off of that as well, I just kind of want to comment. So like as a general partnership, like, like you said, you're signing on a $4 million, like you have to be pretty confident. I mean, you know, me looking in from a passive investor's eyes, I would probably think that, you know, if you're signing a $4 million loan that uh, is basically has to be paid back, of course, that I would be pretty confident that it's going to do pretty well, you know, because you wouldn't sign on a loan that would, you know, not do well. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and we invest in our deals. I mean, me and my business partner put a total of like, I don't know, seventy five, $80,000 into our 88 unit. So, I mean, it's just like, dude, if you don't, I'm putting $80,000 in my stuff. I mean, if you don't want to do it, I mean, I'm going to do it, you know? And then when I do it, it's like, all right, then they have some skin in the game, you know? Of interest, which I think is very important. Sure. Yeah. No, you should definitely be investing in your own deals. If it's $5,000, that all, that's all you have, you put your five and you go ask your aunt and you go ask your cousin and you go ask your mom, you go ask your dad and you pull in at minimum $25,000. I mean, between you and your business partners, you want to at least be a minimum investor. So, yeah. I mean, you get you pull the money in to, to show your investors, I'm a minimum investor and I'm signing on the loan. It's a different yeah. level of respect you'll get, bro. For sure. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, it's something that we definitely always look look to do on any of the deals that we go into. Um, and our team also, like our general partnership team, um, we always look to do that as a group as well. So to kind of go into uh, more so on the benefits of multifamily investing, as a passive investor, like why would I invest in a multifamily deal versus all the other types of investments that I can go into, like the stock market, or even just leaving my money in the bank account? Because I at least understand where that's going and where it is, you know? So why would I, why would I even invest in multifamily in the first place? To add on to that, also, why would you pick an apartment over office, uh, retail, um, or those other asset classes? For sure. So um, I'll, I'll answer that one first. So apartment, retail, um, you know, land, houses. First of all, right now, the retail um, offices are being probably hit, I think, in my opinion, the hardest. Uh, or, you know, through the pandemic or through any sort of correction, mar market correction, um, you know, it's just very volatile. And uh, one, number two, I don't understand it. I mean, I, I understand it, but I don't study it. I don't, I'm not obsessed about it. And so I don't invest in things that I'm not obsessed about. Um, so number three is just, you have long leases, you can't raise rents quickly. You know, it, it's just, um, it's just challenging. I'm not sure. It's, I'm not used. To, I, I don't know it. You don't know. I don't. I don't know the space. The stocks. I really didn't know it, so I didn't invest in it. But now I kind of like. I kind of understand a little bit. Just you know where the companies are going, where Tesla's going, where Amazon's going. You know where different companies are going, and I don't want to be the dumb one and say like, oh no, they're they're not they're, they're going to go out of business. So like no, I mean, dude, they're powerful. They're going. They might drop a little, but for me, the stock market is a long term play. It's just it sounds weird, but it's just long term as in like maybe four five, six years kind of thing where I just let the stock ride. But again, that's not my obsession. It's a side hustle. It's a way to diversify. Um, and as far as like why apartments, right? You, that was Jeffrey, your, your question. Why apartments? Um, you know, number one, tax benefits. I mean, I think uh, I was talking to my team, like my business partner the other day. I was like, dude, I don't think we're ever going to pay taxes again. 
Like we're always going to be just like for the rest of our life, we're never going to pay taxes again. Cause what happens is it just starts getting built up the credits that you have with the IRS. And like, it's just, I mean, I'm not a tax professional, just clearly saying that to speak to your accountant lawyers, but I mean, it's, I don't think I'll ever pay taxes again. Um, number two, the, the, the exponential value growth of, of the apartment complex. If you get one, you know, a class C or even a class D turn into a class B, you you can increase the value by hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in a in a small time frame within three to five years. And so you can literally retire within three to five years um, if you're if you're focused on apartments. Um, number three, cash flow. Cash flow is important. Passive income is very important. Uh, you have recurring bills, so why not have recurring income, right? So apartments provide a lot of that. Um, and impact, I was talking about it earlier. You know, I, it, it allow, the bigger the impact, the bigger, you know, you leave behind, right? So, you know, with, with a five office space, I can only impact five businesses. With, with one house, I can only impact one house. With land, I can't impact anybody yet until I sell that land. I mean, it's just... So with apartments, I can impact right now, we're impacting 135 lives, you know, by providing a safer place, renovated unit, tending to all their maintenance requests, allowing them to pay rent through a portal, allowing them to sit behind their sofa and submit a maintenance request, you know, enhancing the lighting, improving parking. I mean, we're, we're, we're doing all that. Not only that, but on the flip side, the investors, I think we just paid out like 10% cash on cash return on our 32 unit. Um, you know, we're paying out seven right now on another one. It's just above average returns for all of our investors. They all got K-1s. They're either getting more money back, you know, or not paying anything or minimizing the amount of taxes they pay by investing with us, you know, and, and I mean, you have insurance, you have insurance. I mean, if anything happens, multi-million dollar insurance, you, it even makes sense to have a property manager inside the office running the portfolio for you while you're at home, you know, recording a podcast. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 the, the scale, I think, is, 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 is the most important thing, is, is the ability to scale and the speed that you can scale investing in multifamily real estate is by far, I think, in my opinion, the best way to invest. You mentioned three to financial freedom, um, or, or at least to reach a certain point where you can have your income replaced. Um, and I think that's something that's very powerful. Like growing up, you know, as in high school, when I was in high school, people like my mindset was go to college, get a job, and then retire at 65. So if you put that span, I would have been graduated of, out of college at like 21. So like 40 plus years, would have it would have took me to, to be able to retire when technically like with real estate, it's realistic to do it in, in less than five, if you work hard at it, which we do. So a lot of people don't even like know that. And I feel like it's something that, um, that works as a general partnership, you're providing these LPs, the opportunity to do something that most people aren't willing to do, and actually, most people don't end up doing. So, I definitely, uh, I definitely agree. Um, so, if I was a passive investor, I mean, is there a minimum amount that I need to uh, have in order to invest in, in, for example, one of your deals, or uh, is there like a, is there a bottom line? I mean, there's rule of thumbs. There's rule of thumbs. There's standard kind of practices, um, and you know, I think for us at this point now, it's now the rule of thumb is even like a standard now. Uh, now, I mean, uh, 50K is our minimum, um, you know, but before it was, dude, 25, I mean, 20, 10, 
30. I mean, we need to get the deal done. I mean, I'm like, those aren't the questions that, you know, we need to be asking what the minimum is. No, the minimum is the amount of raise, you know, that we need to get, right? I mean, if it's one guy, 30 guys, honestly, we would have probably brought like 20 guys in the deal if we needed to raise 150 and we wouldn't have done it. Like I would have kept bringing in people for a thousand. I mean, seriously, like whatever it took, like whatever it takes, bro. But at at some point, you know, you're going to reach a level where it's like, dude, I mean, I don't want to be dealing with 40 people. I mean, it's just three, four people, five people. I mean, and then to eventually you start doing it on your own. I mean, I don't want to be syndicating forever. You know, that's just a way to get in. And uh, I saw that you were uh, in South America recently. Uh, do you mind? Just, I mean, what countries you got to go see? <laughs> so I went to, I got to Costa Rica. I was in Costa Rica for about a couple of weeks. Um, you know, did some cool stuff there. Went to Ecuador uh, and then flew to the Galapagos Islands. So I'm a, I'm a big time scuba diver. I love scuba diving. Uh, I was in the Galapagos Islands for about two weeks, three weeks. Um, you know, did some liveaboard diving, rented a yacht, and we we're you know on a on a yacht for eight days, just diving four times a day. You know, met some cool people all over the world. Went completely by myself. Um, cool experience. And then you know, toured Galapagos on land. You know, got to tour the city. And then uh, I went to Brazil. So Brazil was fun, um, super fun. Was there for about two weeks, and uh, yeah, I did that, those three countries. But uh, you know that that what what was cool about that is that the portfolio was still running. You know, people apartments were still getting renovated, people were still renting units, people were still paying rent, we we're still getting you know checks every month. You know, and and what's cool about me and my business partner, you know, sadly he didn't come on today, but uh, he said to say hi to the team, all of you guys. Um, but. So, you know, he likes to travel too. I like to travel. You know, this is why we do business. I don't do real estate for real estate. I do real estate because it's a vehicle for me to reach wherever I want to reach in life. And I'm just so passionate about it too that it just helps me, you know, do that, right? And and work every day. Um, but, you know, it, it, was, it's, it, it was able to provide for me while I was gone. And, um, you know, when he travels, I take care of the business. When I travel, he takes care of the business. And it felt really, really cool to be able to separate like that. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, it's a lifestyle, you know, it's a lifestyle that we're creating um, and creating for everybody. And um, that's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm, I work so hard on myself. Yeah, yeah. We, I like to call it a life by design. And I saw like you were taking phone calls over there. So it wasn't like you were chilling most of the time, I assume, but I'm sure you were doing some work. So that's awesome that real estate can provide you that. Naturally, <laughs> subconsciously, Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, but that's awesome, man. That's exactly what we kind of want to tell our audience is life by design. Is, it doesn't have to be like a dream. It can be something realistic. All you have to do is really just get on the right path, make the right choices, and then just take action and in whatever way that means. So, um, yeah, man, in our next phase, uh, actually, I'd, I'd love to know, do you have like a why? Like what is your why, if you don't mind me asking? Sure. I mean, you know, impact. I think that's the first thing that I think comes to my mind when someone asks me what my why is. You know, impact. I have a guy I've been training for like two years and, you know, he's super young. He's, he's, I've helped him close some deals already, you know, that, that he's never even thought possible. I, I like bringing out the best in, 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 in somebody uh, because then it just, you know, makes them happier and it makes us work harder and makes us work together. And it's just creating that culture of everybody kind of working, you know, towards a common goal and, and, and being happy in the works in the workplace. 
Um, you know, another why is my travels, my travel desires. I want to continue to travel. I want to not worry about, you know, having enough money or, you know, the bill next month, or can I even, you know, can I afford this jet ski? No, I want to be able to say like, dude, I want to just, let's just, let's go. If we want to do it, let's do it. You know, wherever we want to go, let's do it. And I don't want anything to be an obstacle. Um, you know, growing up, I kind of sometimes had that, you know, money where money was scarce and it was just like something like, why, like, why is that even an issue? Like I, I see people on TV being able to achieve whatever they want to achieve and, you know, living the house that they want a house that they want to you know be in for the rest of their life. And, you know, it's just one of those things that I was like, dude, if they can do it. I can do it. And I want to, I want to achieve that kind of lifestyle. And it's not just about the money for me. Um, you know, it's more about the impact and, and it makes me very happy and it releases a lot of that dopamine when I see someone happy to show up to work and, and or, or receive a check that they've never even like thought of doing or that they had to work four years or five years or 10 years to be able to get. I mean, that that emotion that they give off is what feeds me. So that's my why. That's really my why and to continue to make an impact on a larger scale. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I like when you said um, you pretty much saw people on TV. That's exactly what we always say. Like if another human being can do something, then whatever reason, like maybe not the NBA or something like that because you're just short. Like I'm short, so I would never go to the NBA, right? But like realistic things like real estate, it's very realistic. If a lot of people that are, I wouldn't say average, but they're just normal people. There's nothing that really makes them different from you. They just obviously might have a higher work ethic or something like that, but it's all under your control. So I definitely agree. Um, and if Kerwin, if you don't have any more last comments or questions, I'm, I'm going to go and gotcha. So the next phase in the show is an express round where I'll just ask you five questions and you can tailor that towards business life or personal life. I just wanted to give you a heads up and see if you were ready. Yeah, man, for sure. Let's do it. Awesome. So what is the biggest mistake you've ever made in real estate and what did it teach you? Not thinking much bigger, much sooner. And it taught me to, I mean, like live every day without limits and to set goals without limits. Perfect. What is your favorite book? And you can have one for business and personal life if you have one for you. Think and Grow Rich. What uh, is the best piece of advice that you would give someone or that you've received? So a piece of advice that you've been given or that you have received. The best skill that you can have and develop is the skill of being resourceful. A habit that you would accredit some of your success to? Personal growth, personal development. My last question, what is the best way for someone in our audience that wants to get in touch with you uh, to, to do so? Uh, email, Instagram. Um, Instagram is Adrian and Salazar underscore, I think. Um, and then email is Adrian at 210MGMT.com. T-W-O-T-E-N-M-G-M-T. Reach out. Yeah, should have all that in the uh, show notes. I really do appreciate your time, Adrian. It was awesome getting to know you. Uh, make sure you let your partner, Mauricio, know that we, we missed him and we'll definitely be in touch. Yeah, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Real Life Monopoly podcast with the Donis Brothers. If you want to learn more about what we do, make sure to visit our website, www.donisinvestmentgroup.com. And if you aren't already, make sure to follow us on all platforms at Donis Brothers. Let's be great today. Have a good one.